What's up, guys? Welcome to The Road Podcast, the podcast where we talk about overall well-being, health, and all the crazy things that happen on this road that we call life. I'm your host, Jonathan Shane. What's up, guys? All right, so I know these podcasts are just getting put out left and right, um, and I promise a schedule will happen. I'm working on some guest speakers right now, so I'm super excited about that, but I really wanted to have this podcast as the title wrote right like celebrating my two years of being in active recovery um it's important to celebrate these kinds of things and i i want to kind of walk you through my story i don't know who's all heard my story about bulimia but i feel like we can all kind of get and gather some things from it and so this is not going to be like nutrition related. This is what this podcast is about, talking about the other side of health and mental health and things that I struggle with. And I'm excited to share these deeper thoughts with you. So buckle in. So for those that don't know, um, I lost a lot of weight when I was in high school. And um, when I lost the weight, I ended up developing bulimia pretty, pretty severely. I believe it was due to, you know, body dysmorphia and through my terrible habit that I got into of letting other people's acceptance or interaction with me dictate whether I was worthy. Um, And when that manifested worse because I lost weight, so all of a sudden I was getting girlfriends and I was being acknowledged by like other football players and all the things that now seems so kiddish to me, but back then it meant so much. You know, um, I refused to gain weight. And with the way I was dieting, you know, eventually the binging happened and I had to figure out a way to stop it. And so I started making myself throw up. I can't remember the first time I did it, but I do know that I got addicted to it. Bulimia is a weird mental disorder, eating disorder, because at first you might do it to lose weight, but you get you get addicted to the feeling, like the feeling of filling yourself up with foods that you crave and love, and then that feeling of complete emptiness when you throw it all back up. Like you crave that feeling. Like it sounds gross now, but I remember my my the thing that I enjoyed to binge on and throw up. Like I would actively prepare to eat and throw this up was ice cream. I would eat an entire gallon of ice cream and then make myself throw it up because I liked the way it felt going in and I liked the way it felt coming out. Um, and that's a terrible, horrible, horrid truth. And that's a dark side of eating disorders that people don't tell you some people get addicted to just the feeling the feeling of waking up and having nothing in your stomach the feeling of being empty um which is funny because i felt empty as a human so being empty physically just kind of mirrored how i felt internally and you know it's it's just so interesting looking back now how far i've come and how far Something that used to be so painful and something that hurt people around me and something that hurt my body um, has become such a powerful tool to help others. And I just, I don't know, it, it mind boggles me, you know, because that was something that I leaned on for 
contentment for positioning myself in a place of success and acceptance. You know, it kept the weight off. It allowed me to eat what I wanted, but it was killing me. And as I said, you know, on my talk on KetoCon Online this year, um, because unfortunately we couldn't speak in person, you know, it's really easy to hurt yourself when you hate yourself. And so I think back on how I convinced myself that I was doing the right thing and all I was doing was destroying my body from the inside out. Stomach acid in places it shouldn't have been. Man. Sorry. There were some days that like, I remember there were days where like, I would eat something and I might start crying. <laughs> there were days that I would eat something and I would try to throw it back up and it wouldn't come up. And I would sit there and just choke myself trying it like to the point of tears and like severe stomach pain the next couple days like trying to get it to come back up and then the the sheer fear of realizing that I just ate something full of calories that I wasn't going to be able to get out of me man you go to dark places when you don't like who you are it's crazy to think It's crazy to think of where I was and how far I've come. It's crazy. So, sorry for the long pauses. I just, it's just crazy. It honestly is just so crazy for me to think about how bad it got. You know, I I remember at its worst, I was throwing up blood at times. I was throwing up at school. I was throwing up at home. I mean, any time I put food in my mouth, it started to come up. And it was this, it was, I had like a system too. Like I, I, I would watch people that talked about eating disorder recovery and eat how they used to eat. Like this one chick would always drink soda right after she ate so that she could throw up so that, you know, the food would come up easier. And like, I would plan my meals like that. And so it was just crazy. It got so bad. And to think where I am now is crazy. And so I guess I kind of want to, that's what I want to go into next with all of this is like, how do you deal with it? How do you stop throwing up? How do you stop being anorexic? How do you deal with those things? And let me preference this as a mindset and acknowledgement and not necessarily a chaining yourself to it. The first step is to realize that you're always going to struggle with it. Like, like that's something I really had to learn because when I had tried to stop before, um, you know, after I got married, it became an issue because my wife would always catch me and it was just embarrassing. So I was constantly trying to like overcome it. And one thing I realized was that I kept like, I would, I would have a good couple months and say, okay, I'm not bulimic anymore. I wouldn't even forget. I wouldn't even like call myself a bulimic. Um, but then like over time, my guard would come down because I was confident and I didn't have the, the issue anymore. And then after several events and several situations that led to a certain place in my head, it would trigger a relapse. And so I realized that the first step to really dealing with it was acknowledging, okay, I have a condition. I have an issue. I've been making myself throw up for 10 years or eight years. This is not okay. Like I have a thing that I have to fight and I'm probably going to have to fight forever. Now, 
that voice might get really small, but I'm always going to have to fight it. Um, and constantly reinforcing self-care and self-love and, you know, regurgitating that to others and helping others and being kind to others and helping them with those same issues, right? Like not being a stagnant pool, but being a river that it flows from one end and out the other to others so that other people can benefit from, you know, your experiences, right? Um, reinforcing those things, being an advocate for it in the space, like that's what really holds me whole now, right? Like who knows? Like if I wouldn't have been a keto coach, if I would just be working in my old job before I started doing this full time, if I never would have spoken up about it, I might still be relapsing. I, I have no idea. But what I do know is that as of right now, because of not because it's gone, not because I am like chronically healed, but because I constantly put myself in a position to to work on these things and deal with these things and focus on these things. And so I think that that is just like a super big component. And so first, it's like acknowledging, acknowledging that, you know, this is an issue that you're probably going to have to deal with for the rest of your life. And that's okay. You know, we all have issues that we're going to deal with for the rest of our lives. Some people, it's gossip. Some people, it's compulsive lying. Some people, it's eating bad food. Some people, it's throwing up. Some people, it's over-exercising. Other people, it's workaholics. Other people, it's alcoholic, right? Like Everybody has that thing that they're going to constantly have to try and fight and deal with. Um, it's just the human condition, right? Uh, people in a Christian world would call it a sin condition. We're just conditioned. This is just a broken part of us that strives for contentment and something that's harmful. And so it's okay. It's okay to admit. It's okay to admit that you struggle with this thing. And now you have to start working on it. And it starts with trying not to do it, like actively trying not to do it. And that's hard. Especially right afterwards, you want to do it again. You want to do it again and again. It becomes like this continuum. It's just like binge eating, right? Like it never ends with just one binge session. When it does, that's something to celebrate for a lot of people. And I'm not ashamed to say that. Like when I have somebody come to me that's been coached by me and they go, hey, I had a bad night, but today I'm right back on it. Like we celebrate that win. That's a big deal. The fact that it didn't go, it didn't turn into a week-long binge, a month-long binge, right? Like you got, you shook it off and you got right back on the train. Like you know, so, but you have to actively start fighting it. Realize that you're not going to be perfect, but you have to actively start fighting this thing. You know, when, when you get the impulse, have somebody you can call, have a book you can read, go outside, go for a walk. You have to actively try to fight this thing. You can't be impulsive about it anymore. It has to be something you think about and something that you actively try to avoid. The next is figuring out what triggers it, right? So if sugar triggers it, you need to go on a ketogenic diet. If um, stress at work triggers your binges, which triggers it, you need to work on your stress life management at work. If stress with your spouse triggers it, you need to talk to your spouse and you need to work on that. Um, and not be and, and granted, that's going to help because obviously having an unhealthy marriage or a relationship isn't good. But when it comes to your eating disorder, like figuring out what triggers it and working on that. Why? Because. If you trim a bush, but you don't cut it at the root, eventually the branches will grow back. When it comes to fighting eating disorders, I've learned you do not trim the branches. You cut the bush out of the ground. Don't play that game of like, I'm just going to trim a little here. No, go deal with it. Dig a hole, cut cut it at the root, rip it out of the ground, and get it out of your garden. Um, right? 
and realize that little weeds are going to grow, right? Like it's, it, there's going to be that little voice, but you have to actively attack it at the source and figure out what really is causing it, you know? And so to kind of give you an example to that, like for me, like the thing that helped me the most with overcoming my bulimia was figuring out that I did it because I didn't like myself. And why was that so powerful? Because when I started to learn to like myself for who I was and what I was capable of and the things I wanted to accomplish, um, it was easier to make healthy decisions. Because I already knew that bulimia wasn't a healthy decision. Like if you have an eating disorder, if you're binge eating, like you know it's not a healthy decision. Like I, I, I think it's, it's kind of stupid when someone goes, well, that's not healthy to like a binge eater or like a bulimic or an anorexic. Like I think we know that. I think we, deep down we know we're hurting ourselves. But it's because we don't like ourselves. And so it's easy to justify but if you love yourself, if you have a sense of responsibility and empowerment towards yourself, it's much easier to lean towards the better decision. And so making myself throw up, threw up, got, got really hard. Now, there wasn't times that I didn't, I wanted to do it because like I overate or I had a bad day or whatever, or I got on the scale and I didn't like it. But because I was working on this sense of self-appreciation and self-acceptance, regardless of the opinions of others, um, you know, it led to me like when I got that urge, I would just stop and go, no, like that's not, I don't care what my mind is thinking. That my That's not okay for my body. That's not fair to my body. My body's not done anything wrong and it doesn't deserve to have different fluids in areas that it shouldn't be in. Like that's wrong. Um you know, and so working on that, like like having a found a good nutrition foundation, and then like working on how to deal with those things in those steps, and having that self acceptance and that self love, and how that predicated a more conscious um, decision making rhythm of of health, and not self sabotage, and so I think that's really like for me that was the big thing is like getting down to the root because if I wouldn't got down to the root. I wouldn't have been able to actually deal with the issues. And so I think that that is super, super important. So addressing it and then attacking it at the root and figuring out the root cause and the why. And then the next is like setting up goals. Oh, this is a big one for me. Because I really feel like most eating disorders come from a place of self-hate. I just feel like you need to figure out why you don't like yourself and, and, and switch that lie for a truth. Right? So like mine started with my dad leaving my family like it's hard for me to admit and I'm sure if he listened to this he wouldn't understand that but for me psychologically it put this sense of like distance and non-acceptance and so I didn't really accept myself and so I was constantly seeking male approval and friends and that led to friends approval and girls approval and like it just trickled down so like figuring out that lie and realizing that even if I felt like he didn't accept me he was doing the best with what he was made of Right, his his genetic makeup, his life decisions. And I had to focus on the fact that like it still wasn't about his opinion of me. It's like my opinion, like who I think I am is what really matters. Right. And, you know, obviously my my faith helped because what I thought of myself is what God told me I was, which was a child of God born again by his son for dying for me, you know, through, you know, like, you know, and, and so like that identity is what defined who I was, like what I thought of myself, who I thought I was, was what mattered, not necessarily what another person thought. Um, and that really, really helped me a lot. So I definitely think that getting to the root issue, but I think also like having goals is a big one, like have small goals, like start with today, 
Like focus on today. Like don't throw up today. Don't overeat today. Don't like so many people are like, ooh, I'm going to try and like not mess up. I'm going to go on a 75 hard challenge. I'm going to go 90 days without any binges, right? No, like just don't binge today. Focus on today. Don't binge today. And then tomorrow, don't binge tomorrow. The next, you know, and before you know it, you'll be six weeks in and you haven't binged, right? So have those small goals. I'm not saying like you can't have like, okay, like I'm not going to binge for the next 90 days. I'm going to hit my workouts for 90 days. I'm not saying don't have those bigger goals, but have the micro goals because there will be days where like, you know, you have these huge goals that are super overwhelming and seem so far off because you have to do it for three months straight and you have no little goals. And so your feeling of accomplishment isn't really going to get here until three months from now. But every day you're going to have those stressors and those triggers that could could cause a relapse. And so have those little goals. Have a check mark in every day that you don't relapse. Like check it. Focus on that check mark every day. Just that one check mark. Because that's going to give you a sense of accomplishment and a sense of pride. Right? Like knowing that I've gone two whole years without relapsing is crazy. And I'm super proud of myself. And I'm so proud of the way my mind has connected with my body. The relationship I have with food now is insane. Like never in the world did I even fathom that I would have what I have now. And it happened through that, through addressing things from the root, asking the why and figuring out the lie and switching that with the truth. And then creating micro and big goals for me to progress in. And over time, I mean, (laughs) that's where we are right now. And so I just, I'm so appreciative of all of you guys, everybody that listens to my podcast, everybody that listens to anything I have to say, I just, I hope you hear my heart in this. Like, I know I I sell coaching and I know that like I make money, but like my number one goal is to help people get out of the pit of hell I was in. And that is my biggest goal. Like, I don't care. I, I Yes, I'll help somebody get a six-pack, but you don't need one, man. You just need to love yourself and be healthy and be consistent and have discipline and know who you are. I just want people to know that. That is what drives me to talk to people every day is those messages where people tell me, hey, you know, I haven't binged in a week. I stuck to my goals for three months. Like those messages make me so happy because people are finding freedom in things that used to chain them. And I'm a big believer that when you're truly free and the chains are broken, that is when life really starts. So yeah, I just wanted to record this. I'm going to post it right now. And um, I love you guys. And uh, yeah, I'll see you in the next one.